Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. You know, this is our last visit for the year. There are so many subjects that I could talk about today. But I feel that the Lord has led me to speak on this very, very important subject. The ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. So if you are taking notes and you want to title it, right at the top of your notes, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And I am sure that all of you are aware that the times in which we are currently living in require, or should I say demand, that we dig deep and deeper into the Word of God as we are led by the Holy Spirit. It was prophesied many centuries ago through the mouth of the Apostle Paul that in the last days perilous and dangerous times will come. As the sin is multiplied and darkness is getting darker, the days are becoming very dangerous, very difficult. In fact, one translation says, hard to bear, difficult to live. And so, as the days get darker and darker and evil is multiplied around us, we as Christians need to shine brighter and brighter in the midst of this darkness with an ever-increasing faith that is deeply rooted and grounded in the Word of God, or else we're not going to make it. We're going to fall into depression. I am shocked to hear, even in the church, how many people are depressed. They are fearful. They are anxious. And it shouldn't be this way. It should never be this way for us who have a living hope within us, a source of joy, a source of strength, living and abiding within us to fall into such ungodly things like depressing, depression and anxiety and fear and give in to those things. There is no excuse. And that will happen unless you are deeply grounded and rooted in the word of the Lord. There are no shortcuts. And so the strong will make it. The strong will shine even in the midst of this great darkness. But those that are not grounded in the word, they will be swayed. They will be run over by the torrents and the floods of evil that is being multiplied on a daily basis. Just listen to the news and you will see what I'm talking about. So we must ask the Lord, really uh, get down on our knees before God and ask him to enlighten us 
and give us understanding concerning the value of the written word of God, but also the value of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to have a revelation of these two things if we're going to stand. The value of the written word of God, the promises of God, as well as the value of the Holy Spirit and his ministry in our everyday living. Paul in his farewell uh, epistle or in his farewell uh, address uh, from Ephesus warns the Ephesian elders with these words. He says to them, therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Notice to whom he commends and entrusts the elders of the efficient church as he foresees the challenges in which they will face. He says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to do what? To build you up. How desperately all of us need to be built up in our faith. Mm. Build up strengthened, encouraged. These are times that require us as believers to be strong and very courageous in the face of adversity. And the only one who's going to do that is the Lord, the Holy Spirit, as he ministers the word of grace to us. So, One of the things that we as born-again believers must experience, and I say must, in our walk of faith is for the written word of God to come alive in us by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The letter of the word, that's what I mean. The letters that you read on the pages of the Bible must become spirit and life to you if you're going to be built up and sustained. The word must become part of us. Like you eat your bread and whatever else you eat and you digest and it becomes part of you and it gives you what? Physical energy and strength to get up in the morning and go and do what you need to do. Even so, the word must be eaten by us spiritually speaking, and must become part of us to give us the spiritual fortitude and the strength that we need to face the challenges of everyday living in such times as this. If your output 
exceeds your input, you will fall into discouragement and depression. Amen? Amen. There's no doubt about that. So your input must be greater than your output. Every single day you leave your house and you get to your place of work or whatever you need to do, there is energy and spiritual vitality and strength that is drawn out of you. And if that strength is not replenished, you will fall into depression and discouragement and you will begin to see things very dark. Amen? Amen. So you need to take care of your spirit. We need to take care of our spirit, man, because that is where the life source is. And just as natural food is to your natural body, even so the word of God is spiritual food to your spirit and soul. Leave yourself for a week or two and don't eat anything and see what happens to you. And why is it that we think that we can go for days without spending time with God, without spending time in meditating in the Word, in prayer, and allowing the Lord to replenish and to, and to build us up spiritually? Why is it that we think that we can go on just about our everyday life without these spiritual disciplines that God set in place? And yet many believers have that attitude. And then they fall into a crisis and they start crying out. Amen? Uh, Are you with me? If you have taken the time to really minister to your spirit through the word and through the Holy Spirit, when the crisis comes, you have enough strength, enough resistance to resist whatever it is and to overcome it. Amen? Praise God. Are you with me? So, Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So we don't just need physical life and strength, we need spiritual life and strength. So we need to be taught how to recognize, how to honor and obey the spirit within us, for he was sent primarily to lead and to guide us into all truth. Father God, of course, has given us the written word. Thank God for the Bible. And many were martyred so that we could have the printed page today. But the purpose of the written word was to unveil and reveal the living word, which is none other than the Lord Jesus himself. He is the word of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the one who applies the written word of God to our situation and to whatever circumstance you're going through and breathes life into you is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He will take a word that was given to someone else and take that very word and make it personal to you and apply it to your situation. And I'm sure if you had this kind of experience, you know what I'm talking about. It's like God is speaking to you and he's present with you and encouraging you and comforting you and guiding you and leading you or whatever you need at the time. It is the spirit that applies the word. That's why he's called the sword of the spirit. And no one 
And I say, no one can handle the word of God without the Holy Spirit. Because if we do that, we will minister death instead of life. Paul said that the letter kills. Listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians 3.16. Who also made us, that is God, sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The knowledge of the word must be equal to the knowledge of the spirit that dwells within us. We must know the word, but we must also know the author of the word because the spirit wrote the word by anointing men of God to write these words down. So it's no good just (laughs) knowing what the scripture says. You've got to know the author as well. And that's the heart. And without knowing uh, and understanding the person of the Holy Spirit and what he does, you would not be able to be ministered to. And here we have some know the word, but not the spirit. Uh, They can quote uh, scriptures with chapter and verse pretending to be spiritual, but they are void of the spirit. And that's very dangerous. Such folks, they can kill you. You walk away from them and you know what? You're feeling condemned. Have you ever had that experience where a person can quote scripture and verse and chapter and all of that and you walk away and you think, you, man, I am so unspiritual. John MacArthur. <laughs> <laughs> and you feel so, so condemned, so inadequate, fearful, unworthy, and many times unspiritual. Why? Why is it that? Because the word is ministered without the spirit. That's why the word says the letter kills. The word ministered by the spirit, listen to this, will always edify you, will always build you up, will always encourage and will always comfort you. And even when the spirit corrects you, it is sweet because the way he does it, he does it so gentle. He does it so well and so lovingly that you know that that correction comes from a heart that truly loves uh, and, and accepts you. And I've had that experience as well, where the Spirit would correct me and yet never felt condemned, never felt unspiritual or never felt unworthy. And that's a loving Father. Amen? So... And then again, others boast that they know and follow the Spirit, but they have no knowledge of the Word. And these are also deceived, and they lead others into deception. So we need both the Word and the Spirit working together. Someone said, I think it was Benny Hinn who said, too much Word, we dry up. And too much Spirit, we blow up. But if we have the Word and the Spirit, we grow up. And that's what we need. Amen? So, the Holy Spirit was given to the believer for the purpose of leading us, guiding us into all truth. And God's word is truth. But we need the spirit of truth to lead and guide us 
into the word, into the truth. We can't handle the word without the spirit. And as I say, the word and the spirit are in perfect harmony and agreement. And many in the body of Christ have been led into deception because they have not paid attention to the written word. I mean, they would insist that the spirit led them to do certain things. I'll give you an example. I was led by the spirit to divorce my wife and marry this other person. I mean, that is deception in the highest form. If the word and the spirit will never disagree. Amen. So violating foundational principles in the word of God and insisting that we are led by the spirit is deception in the highest form. The spirit will never lead you in contrary or in in something that the word of God disagrees with. They are always in agreement. Amen. That's why we need to know both. Praise God. Let's look at what the Apostle John says concerning his ministry within us. He calls him the anointing within. 1 John 2.20 and 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. This is what uh, John says. But you, he's speaking to born-again believers, you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. You've got to be open. Your mind needs to be open to this because this will blow your mind. How can he say, I know all things? Do we know all things? Why does the word say you have an anointing from the Holy Spirit and you know all things? I'll explain it. And then in verse 27 of the same chapter, he says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. The Greek word for anointing is the word chrisma. From where we get the word Christos. Which is the word Christ. Christ is not Jesus's last name. Jesus, the anointed one. That's what it means. <laughs> well, some Christians believe that is, is, is Jesus' last name, Christ. So the word Christ is the Greek word which means the anointed one. So what John is saying to us here in the above verses of Scripture is that the anointing, the anointed one, that is Christ, And his anointing remains and abides within us forever. As a result of his indwelling presence, we know all things because the anointing which teaches us concerning all things and that anointing leads us into all truth. Let me say this. We know far more in our spirit men than what you realize. You are far more intelligent than you realize. Our spirit knows things that our mind does not know yet. Are you listening? Your spirit, man, is far more intelligent than your mind is. And there are things deep down inside of you that are rolling around that your mind hasn't picked up yet. 
solutions to every problem. Wisdom to be successful and victorious in life is dwelling within you. In your spirit, man. Not in your head. Not in your soul. Not in your emotions. The Holy Spirit lives within your spirit, not your head. That's why our spirit man knows far more than our head knows. I'll explain. So the more we recognize, the more we honor the anointing within us, the more revelation, knowledge, and wisdom we will receive. And it's a skill. To get it from here to here is a skill that is developed through intimacy with Christ. Now, notice what Proverbs chapter 20 verse 5 says. <coughs> Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. But a man of understanding will draw it out. The heart here is referring to your spirit. The Passion Translation says, A man of deep understanding will give good advice, drawing it out from the well within. Oh, this is so rich. Do you know that there is a well of knowledge within every spirit-filled believer? A well of wisdom, a well of knowledge, a well of understanding within us. The secret is learning how to draw it out. That's where most of us are stumbling. We have not learned how to draw strength from the anointing that is within it. We have not learned how to draw wisdom and knowledge from the well within. Hallelujah. I cannot tell you how many times when I faced a crisis and I turned to the Lord within me and I said, Lord, what do I do now? And a scripture would come to mind or a thought would come to mind and that is the solution to the crisis I'm facing. And that happened many times. It happens often. We've just got to listen to our spirits. We've got to learn how to listen to the anointing within. So, learning how to draw it out, as I said, is a skill that is developed through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Success, prosperity in our walk with Christ comes from knowing how to draw it out from the well of wisdom that resides within us. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 4. I want you to meditate on these uh, scriptures that are taken from Proverbs. They're full of wisdom. Proverbs 18, verse 4, the Passion Translation says, Words of wisdom are like a fresh flowing brook, the deep waters that spring from within, bubbling up inside the one with understanding. This, one of the ways that we draw this wisdom out is by praying in the Spirit. Or, as the Scripture says, praying in other tongues. When you are praying in the Spirit, your spirit man is exercised. 
it is it is uh, how can I put it renewed rejuvenated many times when I've prayed in the spirit for a while things would come up from within me and refresh my mind I would see a vision I would see a picture uh, as a scripture would come to mind and I know what I was praying for and this is the solution to what I was facing guidance and direction I mean I am in the United States 1987 closed in a room that I was staying at that time I think it was four by four just enough to put a bed and a table and I'm living there for four weeks because I went to visit Father Stefano who was my spiritual father then he was the only priest that encouraged me during those years and I'm praying in the spirit because I had the time and and then I see a picture and I see myself leaving Zimbabwe with my family and moving down to South Africa. And I knew that I knew that the day would come when the Lord would release me from Zimbabwe, whom I loved so much and I didn't want to leave, that I would come down south. When I saw that picture, I knew in my spirit, this is what God was showing me. And I began to prepare. It took me three years of preparation. What if I had not seen that? What if I was not sensitive to my spirit within? Would I make that preparation? No, of course not. And I would have failed. The reason we fail in our Christian walk many times is because we're not sensitive enough to what God is endeavoring to communicate to us and make adequate preparation. And I am, to be honest with you, I'm so disappointed with these prophetic voices that prophesy 2020, a great year. It's going to be the year of, as Michael used to say, a year of plenty. But plenty what? Plenty problems is what I I, I missed. No one has (laughs) prophesied that we are going to go into such turmoil with this COVID. Why didn't they prophesy it? We missed it. You mean to tell me that God was not warning us? Of course he was warning us. And I'm part of that. But we didn't pick it up. And many times we fail because we fail to pick up the communication between our spirit and our mind. And we don't make adequate preparation. And that's the truth. It, it's it's difficult to receive it, but nevertheless, it is the truth. I believe that God warns us about everything that's going to happen to us, good or bad. Because the word said, Jesus said to the disciples, when the spirit comes, he will show you things to come. And not worldly events only, but in your own personal life, he will show you things to come. Why? So that you can adequately prepare for them. Amen. When something terrible happens to a believer, to a Christian, especially from within my own spiritual family, I always ask them, was there any warning? Did God say anything? Did he give you a dream? Did you pick up something in your heart? He says, no, nothing. The reason being is because we're spiritually insensitive. We don't enjoy the close fellowship with the Spirit where we can walk and be aligned 
and, and in harmony with the Spirit. But if we take the time to wait upon God, He will show you things that will blow your mind, good things that will come into your life, into your destiny, and also warn you of the traps that the enemy lays. You see, the devil doesn't sleep. You and I sleep. And I think we sleep also spiritually speaking most of the time. He doesn't sleep. He's out to destroy you. He's out to destroy your marriage, destroy your life, destroy your business, destroy you. He is the destroyer and he lays traps for you to fall in. But we have the spirit within us to warn us. This, this, this application called ways, many times it would traffic camera ahead. So I slow down. I know, but I do. <laughs> Sometimes I'm driving, my mind is somewhere else and my foot goes on the petrol more than it should. You see, we have a spiritual application within us that would give us signals. If we only take the time, enough time to be still and enough time to be quiet and listen to our spirit man from deep inside of us, we would be much wiser and avoid many pitfalls the enemy laid out for us to trip us up. And that is a fact. We don't take enough time to be still. We always like to talk when we pray. But there comes a time when we need to be silent. That's why scripture says, be still and know. Know. There's a deep knowledge that comes from within and refreshes your mind and fills it with knowledge and understanding. But you have to be still. Sometimes I go to prayer, I don't know if it happens to you, and my mind runs in in a hundred different directions. To still the mind is a skill. And it takes practice, and it takes effort, and it doesn't happen quickly. Amen? Jesus said in John 7:38 the following, He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. The heart here refers to the spirit. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So out of our spirit men will flow rivers, Jesus said, rivers of living water. Amen? Amen. Not just trickles, rivers. Paul writing to the church in Colossae years later, he says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The anointed and his anointing in you, not outside, not beside, but in. Paul is saying that this mystery which was hidden from ages and from generations past is now made known to us, the new covenant people, which is the Lord Christ within us. Now, every believer who is born again by the Spirit of God has the capacity and the ability to be personally taught by the anointed one and his anointed and his anointing within. 
And every one of us should be taught directly by God. There's no substitute for that. Thank God for gifted teachers and preachers, and we receive wonderful blessings and encouragement from them. But the day will come when you will need to be taught directly by the Spirit himself. No one can take his place. There are things that he will do in your life that no one else can. There are things that he will point out to you that no one else knows and no one else can. We need to be personally taught directly by the Spirit of God. If you are not, you're missing a great deal of joy and encouragement that comes from the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. In my own personal journey with the Lord now over a period of 45 years, the anointing of the Holy Spirit within and His ministry in my life has been invaluable and beyond any words can describe. I cannot describe it in human words, what this meant to me. When I stood alone, persecuted by the hierarchy of the Orthodox Church, no priest encouraged me except the one in the United States who was so far away. My own family turned against me. Literally, I had no physical person next to me that I could rely on. I had to learn how to receive strength direct from the anointing that is within me with the Bible in my hands. I would go into my room and cry my heart out to God. I would open the book of Psalms and that book of Psalms would become alive by the Spirit. And directly the Holy Spirit would minister his word to me that I could stand and not be moved or swayed or give up and walk away from what God called me to do. And when God gives you an assignment, you become a target of the enemy. Are you listening to me? And you need to be strong. And I've watched people who have received an assignment from God. They have been persecuted. They have been fought. They have been resisted. And what brought them through is the anointing of the Spirit within them, strengthening them and encouraging. Thank God for people around us that are able to encourage us. But there will come a day when there's no one around. What are you going to do? if you don't know how to receive strength from within. Amen? Amen. So, it is through his ministry that the word of God on paper, in my own personal life, became alive and powerful in my heart as he ministered it to me in my hour of need. By the anointing of the Spirit, the word, the written word has comforted me, has encouraged me, directed me, empowered me, corrected me, and commissioned me. Now, what value can you put on that? There is no value. As the, as the Spirit himself encourages you, comforts you, directs you in life by the word of God. Amen? Amen. The psalmist said, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And so the written word of God became alive, imparting wisdom, knowledge, understanding and strength when I needed it the most. 
What a wonderful blessing. What a wonderful person we have living within us. And for me, the secret, if I could share it with you, the two things, prayer and the ministry of the word ministered by the anointing of the spirit has been the secret, my secret, of not giving up, giving in, turning back, but continuing on this journey of faith. The same thing you will do in your life. But you need to be hunger for this. Hungry. These things don't fall on us like ripe cherries off of a tree. There's a hunger. There must be a hunger within you that seeks God, that seeks His face above all. You give Him the highest place, the highest honor above anything and everyone else, including your own family. And I thank God for his precious anointing, which remains and abides within us all the days of our lives. So what we need to understand is that when Jesus went to the Father, he didn't just leave us with a book, a dry book. He said, I will send you another just like me. And he will guide, comfort, strengthen you, encourage you, whatever you need. And he would live within. Listen to what he said. John 14, verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And then in verse 26, he says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I say to you. So Jesus promised the disciples that he would not leave them as orphans, but he will ask the Father to give them another helper in his place. Now, the only difference would be that this new helper would not be beside them as Jesus was, but he will be inside of them. In other words, they would have something far better than when Jesus was with them. Many believers don't understand that. And they say, I wish I was alive when Jesus walked the streets of Jerusalem and Bethlehem, that I would walk with him, that I would touch him, that I would feel his presence. They don't understand that we have something far better today than what they had then. And we need to have a revelation of this. We have something far better than they had. Paul was not, he didn't see the Lord physically. He didn't walk with him. And look at the revelations he received. How did he do that? In the spirit and by the spirit. And the disciples could not fathom nor understand what Jesus was saying to them at the time. How could they have something better than Jesus walking with them, teaching them, protecting them, and guiding them? But they understood later. You see, for three and a half years, the disciples walked by sight. There's the difference. 
not by faith. They walked by sight as Jesus walked with them in the flesh. They walked with him, sat down, ate with him, and asked him many times to teach and explain things to them. They could see him like I am seeing you. But after his resurrection and the subsequent sending of the Holy Spirit, whom he promised he would send in his place, the disciples were asked to walk by faith and not by sight. And this is the challenge that we have today. Learning to recognize the Lord in the Spirit by faith. You can't feel him. (laughs) You can't touch him. Oh, that you would come, Lord, and touch my fervent brow. Why would he want to do that when he's living inside of you? Lord, that you would come down and rend the heavens. And then he, he, I I think the Lord must be wondering, what kind of prayers are these? I've already come down. And I live within you. Now, how, how much closer can I get? Lord, give me more power. And the Lord said, where would I find it to give it to you? I've given you the Holy Spirit and he is the power of God and he's inside of you. You see, sometimes we pray foolish prayers because of a lack of understanding of what the Lord has given us, a lack of revelation knowledge. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Jesus said that this is far better than what they had while he was with them in the flesh. When he was in the flesh, he could only be in one place at a time. But now, in this new dispensation of the Spirit, he would be everywhere at the same time in every disciple from every generation. Isn't that marvelous? And here is what Paul wants us to know in 2 Corinthians 5.16. Listen to what he says. Therefore, from now on, we regard or we know no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. What is he telling us? He said, we don't know Jesus in the flesh anymore because he's not in the flesh. He's in the spirit realm now and he lives within us by his spirit. We should know him not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That's what he's saying. We don't know anybody after the flesh. In other words, you meet a person and there are only two kinds of people. Either you're reborn or you're not. Either you're a child of God or a child of the devil. There is no between. And we should know one another in the spirit. And in the spirit we look much better. Amen. In the spirit, we are complete, the word of God says. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. You don't lack anything. You have everything. And it's in your spirit. Your destiny, your future is not out there. It's here. You just got to learn to draw it out. Where it becomes... Uh, practical and you know what to do and how to go about doing it. Everything you need, it's in here. It's in you. Jesus put it in there. This ought to make you really rejoice. 
Everything you need, it's in you. What do you need? Money, it's in you. What do you need? Wisdom, it's in you. What do you need? Intelligence, understanding, it's inside of you. All you need to do is learn how to draw it out from the wellspring of life that is within us. And you see, some are still trying to communicate with the Lord in the flesh by looking in the natural realm, trying to see something. You hear people say, well, I had an encounter with the Lord. And the next question that comes, what did he look like? What do you mean, what did he look like? Why don't you ask, what did he say? Well, know what he looked like. You can't see the Lord. John, when he saw, he was like the brightest of the sun, shining uh, 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 like the noonday, and he fell at his feet and he fell. You can't see. Shouldn't ask what he looks like. What did he say when you had that encounter? What happened to you? What did he impart to you? That's the main thing. Amen? So, uh, we mustn't still trying to hear the Lord with his ears. I think God only spoke to certain individuals. Well, you can count them on your, on, your, on your fingers, the audible voice. He doesn't speak with audible voice. He speaks within our spirits because that's where he lives. And we need to learn how he communicates so that we can listen when he talks. Amen? The Lord does not communicate with us in the physical realm anymore. But in the spirit, he lives within our spirit and communicates with us in the spirit. And Jesus said that this helper would help us do all things that he did. And he said, even greater works than these will we do in his name. So the promise of the indwelling spirit is given to every born again believer. That is everyone who receives Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. And also Jesus said the world cannot receive him, but only born again people can. Now, I don't know if all of you have been filled with the Spirit here, but I encourage you to really hunger for the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because it's, it's a gift and it's promised to you. Don't stay and don't live without, without him. For me, it was, it was an easy experience. I don't know why. Maybe because I was so hungry. I was born again on a Thursday evening at a, at a gathering in El Dorado up in Johannesburg. On Sunday evening, I was baptized in water. And on Monday morning, I drove and I went back to Zimbabwe, back to my wife. And during that week, I was reading a book by Smil Wigglesworth. And he talked about the gift of the Holy Spirit and how it belongs to every believer in every generation. I was so hungry and so on fire for God. I put the book down. I went into my bedroom. I knelt down. I lifted my hands and I said, Lord, I'm not getting off of my knees until you baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Within a few moments, I began to speak in a language I had never learned. And I've been speaking in other tongues ever since. And when I walked out of my bedroom for the first time in my 23 years of living, I had never seen the beauty of God's creation 
but that morning I saw how beautiful creation is and I cannot explain it in words but all I felt was that it was like I could embrace the whole world in the love of God now your experience might be different from mine but these elements must be uh, experienced by you repentance faith in the Lord Jesus water baptism and then baptism in the Holy Spirit there is only one incident in the New Testament where people received the Spirit before they were baptized in water and that's when Peter went to Cornelius and while he was preaching the Spirit fell upon them and he heard them speak with tongues and magnify God but then he said to them What stops you from being baptized? They were baptized in water. So I want to encourage you. You need help. You need counseling along those lines. You can call me. You can call Michael to help you. But don't stay without the infilling of the Spirit. You'll miss a great deal. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for our time together this this lunchtime. We thank you for the words that you have ministered to us by your spirit. And we pray that you will create in all of us, Lord, a hunger, a desire to experience the fullness of your spirit. And Lord, I pray that you would teach each one of us how to draw water from the wellspring of life within us. Help us, Lord, to learn the skill to know and understand that all we will ever need in life has already been given to us. And it resides within us. Teach us how to make use of it. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.